Hi, I'm Titi. And I'm Annie. And welcome to our podcast, The Annie and Titi Show. So I want to start off by actually talking to you about something I saw today that completely blew my mind. It was a CNN article and it was about the George Floyd case with the officer that was like on his neck, whose name is Derek Chauvin, I I think it was. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But basically what had happened is a woman saw the video and she came forward to uh, speak with reporters because she is actually a Mexican club owner in Minneapolis. And the club is called um, El Nuevo rodeo and because of the pandemic they recently had to close but when she saw the video and she was like zooming in into the officer's face she recognized him and she actually told the reporters that he actually used to work for her club and he worked with uh worked at the club for 17 years as a security even george floyd actually worked at the same club mm-hmm. and work on um like i think it was like only for special events like every other tuesday sort of thing basically they kind of knew each other i don't know to what extent but if you're working with someone i don't know how long george floyd worked at the club but Derek chauvin apparently worked there for 17 years so they definitely would have crossed paths at one point and they um they would have like been familiar with each other to a certain point especially if they're they are working overlapping security shifts. And I just find this like appalling because first of all, like nobody looked into the background, it seems. Um, but this information is out there. It's on CNN. And I just feel like you could just arrest the, the three officers, give them the right charges and, and possibly put an end to the riots for the time being. Mm-hmm. And we could be, we could like work on improving and not letting these kind of things happen again. Like this uproar could be stopped, but like you guys are, would rather keep killing people yeah. other than like arrest these three officers. Like I don't get it. It's, mm-hmm. it's obvious that he murdered him, not unintentionally. Like he did it on purpose. Like cops know which, which um, restraints are a little bit more lethal than others. Like if you're on a person's neck, you're, uh, you as a trained cop should know that. Yeah. You know? I, saw, I saw part of the video too, and he was telling him how he couldn't breathe, but the cop was telling him, he was saying that, oh, you should, you should um, get in the car first. But how is he supposed to get in the car if he's restrained and you're on his neck? Like if he has no oxygen moving to his body, how is he going to have the energy to get up and go inside the car? That makes no sense. Like one of the businesses that the cop car was in front of, they released some security footage, but they didn't put the full thing online, it looks like. But from what I saw, he was not really like resisting or anything like that. And then it cl- it clicks back to the other, like the video where you only see the one cop. And in that video, it's like, oh, like we tried that 10 minutes ago. We tried putting him in the car 10 minutes ago. And he was... And he was resisting. And then like the bystanders that were taking the video, they're like, how long are you guys going to hold him there? Just let him breathe at least. And they're like, we tried that 10 minutes ago. We already put it, we tried putting him in the car 10 minutes ago. He was, he was, he was resisting. Like what kind of argument is that? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And, and plus like if you're restraining some, someone like that from a biological perspective, how are they supposed to just like get out of it? Wouldn't you just be able to like lift him up and put him in the car yourself at that point? Yeah, like he wasn't even like in a position where he was like fighting back or anything. It's it's just it's a struggle that we have to like point out the obvious. Like you would you would assume that this is like 
common sense. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like it is. It sucks too. It's like just because of your skin color, you're always have to. You're always gonna be worried. Like, oh, am I gonna get stopped by the cops for just being this color, for not doing anything, for just being a human being? Yeah, and I keep hearing, especially on social media, the whole like, oh, like not all cops are racist or not all of them are bad. Most cops are actually good. It's only a few that are like this or like that. But then it makes me wonder because you're saying that not all cops are bad, but then people are, were being racist during this whole virus situation, saying that, oh, not all Asian people have coronavirus. And like, there was a lot of racism in terms of that. And then even, especially in the States, like the deportation issue and everything, like not all Hispanics are illegal and not all Black people are thugs and not all Middle Eastern people are terrorists. So like, why do we not use those terms unless it only applies to cops? And then in other professions, like if I was to go to a hospital, do you think I want to hear like all our doctors are good. It's just some that are a little bit like all our surgeons are good. It's just some that might kill you. Like it, it, but, it, but it's okay. Most of them are good. Or like even if you're traveling somewhere, like do you want to hear like on the, um, like the intercom thingy on the airplane, like saying like most of our pilots, they're trained well. They will, they will get you to your destination. You know, like they, they will get you in, there in one piece. And it's only a few that might not land or it's only a few that would cr- will crash the plane or something. We would not let it slide. Even in those job industries, everybody has to be good because like people's lives are at stake. And if somebody like is hurt like that or is murdered like that, it's like it's detrimental to, to their business or like the reputation of their company and stuff, you know? But why do we not apply the same thing when it comes to court and law enforcement and police? But yeah, um, going back to what you're saying about like black people and being thugs, I have a black friend who she said she went to a friend's house once and the friend's mom literally said to her, that um, I don't want you hanging out with this person because they're going to influence you to be in a gang. But then again, like you have gangs of all ethnicities. It's not just black people. There's like the Chinese triad. There's the Hells Angels and a few others. Like every ethnicity has a gang. So what difference does it make like if a black person you're hanging out with that doesn't necessarily mean that they're in a gang? And I do see your point where how does it connect with the whole oh yeah, some cops are not all bad kind of thing. Well, it's the same thing with like black people. Not all of them are in a gang. Not all of them are bad people. I especially feel like in Canada, when people say that like the racism here, because I personally like, we both feel that the racism here is just disguised very well. And I feel like it's specifically in the homes. So like whenever you're like you have you come across friends whose parents or like um, even like your partner whose parents or relatives feel like you should not be with this person because of their skin color. It's all in the home, you know, like I feel like in the States, it's a little more out there. But here it's a lot more like it hits you a little bit harder, too, because it's so like um, affecting to your mental health and everything. But I feel like here people don't talk about it as openly as they do in the States, like in the States. Yeah, they show it. But here it's just, it's disguised that, oh, we're friendly, we're Canadians, we have like these hate crime laws, so it protects you. But it doesn't actually, even from my own experience, I didn't only experience it in the home, but I also experienced it outside. Yeah, like I wanted to like share both of our stories about it too. So like, what are some of your like experiences with racism outside of the home? Yeah, so like um, 
one story that actually happened to me when I was 17, I'll never forget. And like now everything is just resurfacing with hearing about the social media and race. Um, so when I was 17, I remember I had just moved into an area. It's a, it's pretty nice, like well off, you would say, like a lot of well off people live in there. We had just moved in like with my parents and my brothers and whatnot. And um, one of my cousins, she was coming to visit and um, I took her to the park. She was five years old, so she came with her family. And I remember like we went to the park and then there was a family um there was like this caucasian lady with her caucasian friends and her kid and i remember i was pushing my um my little cousin on the swing and this lady she she looked at me and um well her son was asking her he's like mommy mommy can you push me on the swing and the lady looked at me and she pointed at me and she's like oh why don't you ask the nanny over there and because of my skin color she, she automatically assumed that i was a nanny it bothered me so much like even till this day and the only thing is like i was like 17 and i was naive so i didn't know what to say and i didn't stand up for myself i just took my cousin and i'm like oh let's just go and she's like why do we have to leave i'm like because we, we have to. Wow, that's honestly traumatizing. Like, um, with this whole, like, race stuff that's going on right now, I almost feel guilty when I think about my past because um, so many people are, like, sharing things where it's kind of saying, like, if you are not standing up for this, you are complicit. I, f- I feel like even, like, within the past few years, there were times where I definitely could have stood up for myself. But I feel like the environment that I was in, the people that I was with, it would have made things worse for me to have voiced my opinions so comfortably like that. Yeah, so what are your experiences about with um, racism? For me, it was basically around being in an environment where I am clearly the minority the city that i live in it's like it's not common for me to feel that way and so um the few times that it does happen what had happened was that there was this one girl we were basically working on a group project together and in this group project what we had to do is basically pull advertisements from media kind of like controversial and one of the advertisements that we pulled was an h&m commercial uh well not a commercial but it was an h&m ad Um, in the kids line and there was a series of or a collection of hoodies that basically had different different sayings on them and they had put a black boy like a a child model they put a hoodie that said coolest monkey in the jungle on it and in another photo from the same collection there was a white boy who was wearing um, a hoodie that said expert like safari the whole history behind monkeys and comparing them to black people like that whole comparison it was like existed before slavery and it was kind of used to make black people like frame them as a species that is not as advanced as white people and there is a very popular scene i forget the movie name but i remember that it was a leonardo dicaprio that was acting in this scene and it was like a historical like american historical type of film And in that film, you literally see like a skull that he's holding and he's like comparing the measurements, you know, and he's saying like their jaw is larger so that they can eat like this and their brains are smaller so they can do this. And it's crazy how much like people actually believe this at one point in time. And so to bring that back, and I think this ad was released in 2018. So to see something like that, by H&M in 2018 it's incredibly racist but the girl that I that we were working with it was a it was a pretty large group with many different different 
like people like there was like a muslim person there was a a black person in the group there was me and then there was like white people in the group too and this one white girl um voiced her opinion about this and basically said like i don't think it's really doing anything like i don't think the ad is that offensive like it's probably just like i don't know how educated she is on the history of racism and things like that but i found that incredibly offensive and like at the same time i i can i can kind of understand because this is a girl that I've encountered various times before because she is in the same program as me. And through what we communicated with each other, um, it seems I kind of got the impression that she's very sheltered and privileged. And I wasn't just making that assumption um, by looking at her or the color of her skin. It's because on many occasions we've talked and it was clear that she's privileged and sheltered and grew up that way. Yeah, but... That's the thing, though. Um, when people are not educated or they're not surrounded by other cultures, they're not going to know. So in their minds, like, they're just, they're going to think one thing. Because I remember, too, like, even an hour away from where we live, like, it's super multicultural, but you go out an hour. Um, me and some friends, we went blueberry picking, and this random guy, he came up to us. And one of my other friends, too, she's brown. And he just said, he's like, oh, I like your skin color. Like, where are you guys from? And for me, it's like, okay, in my mind, it's just because he's not used to seeing people of color. And so he doesn't know he's not educated. And that's why I can see why people would make such comments. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying that they're just not educated in this, in this area. Yeah, I can completely relate to that too, because there's one more person that I also encountered with, it was a very similar experience, but they kind of felt more comfortable expressing very arrogant opinions. Well, I found it arrogant, but um, I don't know. I just felt it a little bit insensitive. And a lot of times I just stayed quiet. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to respond, especially because I know I would see this person again frequently. And I didn't want to make things weird between us, especially because like, I feel like it was it was for them to learn, not for me to teach them at the same time too, you know? And so what they had, it wasn't really racism toward me as well. It was kind of more like during the whole, like, um, I think this happened in 2019, where there was a plane that was flying across the Middle East that got accidentally bombed. She basically said, like, I don't know why it exists as a country. It's so useless. And I was so confused because I'm like, what makes your country more useful than another's? And it's, it's, I don't know, I, I really feel like some people are very desensitized when it comes to human lives. Like with this whole race situation, it's like in my own country too, there's been a genocide, like not even 10 years ago, maybe a little over 10 years ago. I think I was in high school at the time, but um, there was a genocide in my country. There was protests all over the world about it. It even was brought up to the UN and nothing really happened. And there are people constantly dying all over the world. And I just feel like we have to understand that racism affects everyone living everywhere. It's not just the US and it's not just in Sri Lanka, this kind of police brutality. I'm sorry to say, but it happens daily. It's like slid under the rug. And I feel like we need to stop it worldwide. I really like that right now we are finally understanding that 
And I have a lot of hope in our generation because I feel like we're finally going to put an end to this and like the future will be better because this started in America and it's not going to stop there. Like we're going to end this worldwide eventually. Yeah, um, I do agree with you. But I mean, why does it take for something bad to happen before people realize that, okay, this is the issue. I mean, it's been going on for years and then it's only recently when something becomes viral that that's when people decide to take action. I have a question for you too, though. So whenever people say, um, I, I hear this a lot whenever we mention Black Lives Matter. I hear many people kind of making the comment back saying, it's not just Black lives, all lives matter. As much as I agree with it, in a way I disagree as well. And I wanted to hear your thoughts. So um, I kind of, I, I disagree with the whole thing about all lives matter because the reason why there is movements in the first place, like there's a feminist movement, there's a racist movement, the, a racism one, or whenever there's an ism, the reason why is because those people are targeted the most. That's why these terminologies arise, is to raise awareness and uh, to let people know that these people are the most vulnerable. It's not because, okay, I'm saying that not all lives matter. It's just because they're targeted the most. That's why That's why there's racism and that's why there's the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, I find it a little bit um, odd that it, the All Lives Matter um, sort of thing only comes up when we mention a different race. Like if All Lives Matter, why aren't you fighting for this day after day after day? Why are you only saying it when we mention race? And I find it a little bit confusing too because like the analogy I like to think of when I, when I try to put people into perspective is if a house was on fire right and there's another house that's oh yeah i heard this analogy so many times did you actually okay i use it i use it like to really like get to people's brains because you can't say all houses matter when one is burning down you need to help the one that's burning before you can take care of all the houses of course all houses matter but we have to help the one that's suffering right now the one that matters right now you know and it's crazy because the the people that are protesting, the people of color that are protesting, it's not like we all hate white people. That's not what this is about. We're just tired of like police, racial profiling and the justice system letting us down. That's what we're tired of. This is essentially just like outrage between like the government and the people basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been seeing a lot of memes on the internet about that, about the, oh, well, if your house is burning down, like, are you going to help that one person or whatnot? It's it's incredibly sad because it's so basic. It's so sad that we even have to break it down so simply like this. In some of the videos of the protest, there are kids there that are understand. So why do we have to explain it like this to adults for them to understand? Because they're like, they're so much into their world. They're like living in a bubble. And also like, it's funny that you say that too, because I'm like, how did we get to this point where racism exists? At one point, we're all black people. We're all of the same skin color. The only reason why we're different is because like our skins, they pigmented to adapt to adapt to like the countries and the weather changes of our nations that like when the, the earth dispersed and the lands dispersed, we needed that adaptations. Like white people are white because they had to adapt to the cold. And like people of color are colored because they needed to adapt to the heat, which is like, it's ridiculous if you think about it. Like, why are we segregating people based on their skin color when really we're all the same? That's what I don't get either, because like, just look at our own people too. 
Like, even with black people, there's light skins, there's dark skins. Even with Tamils, there's light skins, there's dark skins. Guyanese, Mexican, Indian, whatever you want to say, you know? Like, we're all mixed at one point or another. Like, even with my own people, injured so much racism. Like, in terms of colorism, and especially in terms of caste. And that's just heartbreaking to me, because, like, how can my own people treat me like this? You know? I'm pretty sure, like, black people have gone through this, too. I remember um, whenever I was young, my sisters really liked watching the Tyra Banks show and um, sometimes I would sit there and watch it too and I remember this one really interesting episode where it was about colorism and in some parts of the neighborhoods where it's predominantly black people they would put a paper bag somewhere on the ground visible enough to see if you were any darker than that paper bag you would not be allowed to go any further from that point I know I was it's so shocking but this is in your own country no this was in the states that this happened yeah it was tyra banks talking about it i don't know what um neighborhood she was referring to i it was it was so long ago that i saw this but even in my culture i kind of blame it a little bit on colonialism i feel like after colonialism we kind of started adopting certain features that are predominantly like white futures, like straight hair, having small features. Um, Another thing is that they also really, really prefer fair skin. I have done certain things as a coping mechanism. And so I would bring up my complexion and sort of joke about it before other people could. And it's a really bad habit that I'm trying to change. I feel like almost at times throughout my young adolescent life, it almost helped me like in work settings and stuff like that. It's so funny that you mentioned that because like I remember when I was six years old, I lived I lived in Quebec City and I went to school there and I grew up and I remember I had neighbors and some of our neighbors, they wouldn't let me play with their kids because they're like, oh no, like they're not white, can't hang out with them. And I remember one kid too, and I was six at the time, one kid, like he looked at my hand and you know, like you could see it's lighter, right? And uh, so he goes, oh, you're finally turning white. And then I remember going home to my mom and I told her that. And my mom's like, no, sweetie, you're brown. You're always going to be brown. Your skin color is not going to change. And then like, I was so confused. I'm like, why? You know, now that you're mentioning that, I remember things that have happened to me too. It's just that at the time it didn't affect me as much because it was confusing more than anything and i remember i was on the playground in elementary school i was just playing and laughing and this little white boy came up to me and said wait do that again and then i didn't know what he was talking about and then he wanted me to open my mouth and or like smile enough so that he could see my um teeth and i was like i thought he was just like joking so i went ahead and did it and then he's like Ew, why are your gums black? Like, why are your gums that color? Like, I didn't even know what was even happening. Like, I don't, I don't look in the mirror and ask myself those questions. Yeah, um, it is, because especially when you're such a, at a young age, and then you get bullied for your skin color. I remember because of it, because, like, I was probably, like, one of the only colored person in my school the whole time. I remember, like, for so much of my life, I just tried to run from my culture. I didn't want anything to have to do with it. I didn't want to eat the foods. I didn't want to, like, learn the instruments. I didn't want any part of it. And I was so so ashamed because I was bullied for who I was. And it's weird because, like, as you get older, like, you start to lose sense of who you are as a person. You don't know your identity because, like, for me, at least, I ran away from that. 
Yeah, especially being the child of immigrant parents, it was very hard for me to appreciate my culture and everything. At one point, whenever I was in high school, that was when I finally started because I feel like I had a little bit of a, a rough start because I was attending a predominantly white school up until seventh grade. And then suddenly I was attending a more, um, I guess, diverse school. Eventually I kind of started appreciating my culture and everything more. But it was just like a lot of like identity issues. And like I wasn't sure like what I wanted to be, what I wanted to do what I identify as. I feel like I shouldn't have to feel that way. I should be able to look in the mirror and be like, I am Tamil and I love myself. Inside, it was like a battlefield most of the time. I'm curious to know, like, how do you feel about like the protesting, I, I personally feel like, especially because during the Tamil genocide in Sri Lanka, we protested a lot and there wasn't much that came out of it, which is really disappointing. And so I feel like from that experience, I don't see myself protesting. That might change within days, to be completely honest. But you know, there's, there's other ways too that you can help, you know, necessarily have to protest. Like you can sign petitions, you can donate, um, you can ask uh, people of other ethnicities what like the minorities what you can do to help them in their communities with the movement I just I feel more relief that it's like oh finally it's not colored people that have to like voice their opinion only to like be heard but it's like white people that are fighting white people too and they're fighting with you and I feel like colored people for so long have tried to voice their opinions but no one was listening and now that like Caucasian people are in the mix it's like more and more people are listening. And like for me personally, like I'm kind of like, I have two, I guess like opposing opinions when it comes to the whole looting situation. Because as we've seen on social media, it seems like it's predominantly the white um, protesters that seem to be living out some sort of purge fantasy and looting. I think it needs to be sort of rephrased differently in the media too, because it's not protesters that are looting because that puts an umbrella term on them and says everyone is looting but it's more like looters are taking advantage of the protest mm -hmm. and the other thing is that i feel like there is some sort of like a, a divide when it comes to like i mentioned earlier there seems to be a lot of desensitivity when it comes to this topic like a lot of people don't see these lives that have been lost because of racial profiling and police brutality as valuable lives. Like I feel like people lack to view it that way. Mm -hmm. And even with this whole looting, like there's a lot of people who are upset because they're like, oh, like my business, oh, my local target or, or like, oh, like my front lawn. Like I understand everyone has, you know, financial issues and stuff, but like Every, if you're a business owner, even if it is a small business, like I understand the whole pandemic was already a lot. And then with this whole rioting, it's probably even more like really detrimental to your future. If you started one business, I'm going to hope that you have the strength in you and hopefully the resources to start another one. But like when you lose a life, like when a human being is murdered, it cannot be brought back. And George Floyd, he had a young daughter who is never going to see her father again. And that's just, that's irreplaceable. Human life is irreplaceable. But all these material goods and all of this property damage that people keep talking about and trying to put negative light on this like, national uproar i feel like you need to value human lives before you value anything else because otherwise what does that make us i agree 100 percent. 